Welcome, fellow anglers, to the Working Class Fishing Podcast, a place for all anglers, amateur or expert, to share their stories and learn about fishing. Join your hosts, John and Brian, each episode as they debunk the perceived inaccessibility to fishing, break down the barriers of any and all angling methods, and hear stories from other anglers and their own journeys with fishing. Now, let's get this show started. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Class Fishing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian, and as always, the esteemed John Morris with our sponsors. Everybody, welcome back to another episode. And this episode is brought to you by Troutlander Nets, Lid Rig, Maxon Outfitters, Angry Rooster Fly Company, and Morris Fly Company. Just want to thank everyone for coming back and listening. Absolutely. We've really appreciated all the feedback from all of our listeners and all of our wonderful new friends in our community. We can't thank you enough for your listening. And tonight's very special guest that we have, a lot of you folks will know this gentleman. He is from the great state of Oregon, from where I'm at. Well, actually, he originates from Virginia, but he now lives in Oregon. He is the one and only Earl, also known as the Reef Robber. You probably have seen him on YouTube doing some crabbing, maybe shooting some Nutria with the 30-06, maybe uh, doing a little bit of damage on some bottom fish and some ocean salmon. But you guys all know him as the Reef Robber. He's uh, uh, a little bit further south from me than uh, uh, where where I'm at. But, man, he's out there. He's cranking. He's slaying fish, and he's doing a lot of good stuff. So, Earl, thank you so much for being on the podcast tonight. Thank you very much for having me. So we were just talking uh, before we started recording about, uh, you know, all the good stuff. So we were talking about uh, crabbing and fishing offshore and all that. But um, you're not native to Oregon. You moved out here and everything else. So, you know, uh, I've never sat down and asked you, how, how'd you make your, your way um, from, from all the way back east in Virginia to way out here on the, on the west coast of the United States? So... My mom was from originally from Albany area, and uh, so I have I have family out here. We would come out to visit. Uh, I always liked Oregon, uh, probably due to the fact that every time we would come out here, we would spend a day at the coast. Which my family that we would come to visit had the the means and the ability to take off work during the week, which I realized not a lot of people could do that, or I say not a lot, not everyone could do that, but they would always make time for at least one day at the coast. And that's probably why, partly why I liked Oregon so much because I've always loved the Oregon coast. Um, and then uh, another attraction was the hay harvest. Uh, that's actually why I moved to Oregon when I was 21. I moved out, worked the hay harvest, um, stayed that winter, worked the hay harvest again. And I was here for, that was back in 2000. I moved out, moved back to Ohio in 2003 and then moved back out in 2009. So been here ever since. So you've kind of ping-ponged around. So you went, yeah. you moved <laughs> from Virginia out here, then to Ohio and back, but the, the coast was your draw. And so you're, now your mom's family being from Albany, um, did, you know, your mom, she grew up on the coast, all that kind of stuff? Well, she grew up here in the, in the area that I'm in, basically right. a little farther north, but yeah family eventually moved south 20 miles or whatever but basically in this area she grew up and uh yeah so i just always loved oregon um now it's kind of we don't have long enough summers but <laughs> <laughs> i hear yeah, you on that i like the cooler weather than virginia has virginia's hot and humid most of the time so yeah. <clears throat> 
Yeah, I think uh, John can relate to you on that one, being down oh there my in, the God, great, dude. in the great state of Texas. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, I don't I, – um, whenever I get the chance to move out of here, I will never miss this humidity. It's, it is ridiculous. But, Earl, dude, how would you get into fishing, man? Um, in Virginia, we lived about a mile across the field from – uh, farm pond my grandpa's farm pond um, had lots of catfish and carp in that pond um, all my siblings and you know we'd all just walk across the field in an afternoon or whatever go fish for a while um, that was mostly I mean, we, we hardly ever fished any other pond than the, than the farm pond there. And then when I could, when I started driving, when I got my license, um, another farm pond that wasn't too far from the house there, um, accidentally caught a bass. I had never caught a bass before. Didn't even know bass were in that pond. And uh i got hooked on bass fishing i love bass fishing um started bass fishing that pond whenever i could i would go probably two to three times a week in the evenings after work um or whatever and about half of the time my youngest sister would go along and i don't know that she ever fishes anymore but um she she turned out to be a pretty good uh, fisher, um, but yeah, I would I would walk the edges of the ponds and just cast along the edge and slay the bass. I mean, catch ten in an evening, whatever. We had Virginia has some pretty good bass fishing, but nothing huge, huge. It was just more for fun, catch and release, going with life but we ate a few of them, but not, not regular, but. Now, when so, you were in Virginia, oh, go ahead, John. I was just going to say, so what, what's the allure for the bass? Why did that? Cause I mean, I grew up in Tennessee, right? I'm not originally from the, as Brian affectionately calls it, the great state of Texas. Um, bass fishing was, was the deal, dude. Like, you catch your first bass and it's you get hooked but what yeah. what was the what got you hooked on bass so i was used to catfishing like i said and a catfish yeah. slowly takes the hook and does a steady pull that's the way a catfish fights a bass has some ferocious aggression and fights the whole way in and it will spit the hook. A catfish don't very often get off the hook once it's on there. But it's just more of a sports fish, I, I, I think. I mean, that's my take on it, at least. And uh, I just like the way they fight. Uh, just more the aggression, I guess. Dude, I, I'm with you, uh, 100%. Mm -hmm. You know, I... Uh... I kind of talk crap on bass fishing now is uh just because I got so hooked on gar and trout but dude I went and I caught I caught some largemouth the other day and I was like holy shit <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like I have been I have been missing this and I didn't even know it yeah like, it's uh it's fun dude and they they do fight I, I'm I think smallmouth are the better bass yeah yeah but but dude largies they eat, and that's just it's fun, dude. Yeah, and I, I never really fish for smallies. Um, it I'll tell you, <laughs> I have a little story about a smallmouth. So last, I think it was just last summer, went down to the Umpqua, started trying to catch some shad. The shad weren't. There we were by the uh, by the school there in uh, Elkton, 
-hmm. and the shad weren't up that far yet. So I just took my whopper plopper. It was a calm, calm evening. Took my whopper plopper, threw it out across the backwaters or where it's not flowing at all and caught a, a decent bass. Uh, it wasn't huge. It was a decent bass. And the guy at work that, that I work with, he was standing there and he's like, oh man, he said, I think you got me beat here. I'm like, well, it ain't that big, you know, whatever. Took a few pictures and tossed it back. And the more I look at that now, that thing was huge for, I mean, for <laughs> down there, it was a 16 incher. It was the that's first a, one I ever caught. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that, that's a, a crazy part about the bass by region. You go down to Texas or you go to Virginia or Florida yeah. or, you know, the bass are big, but yeah. it's because it stays warm so much right. longer. You know, their feeding cycle, our bass <laughs> have a feeding window of about like that much. That's why you know, people are kind of like, yeah, well, you know, June, July, August, that's when you catch bass and you can get them in September and you can get them in May. I've got them in May and I've got them in September, but it's starting to skirt that edge by October. It's kind of like, yeah, you're not, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're kind of like, eh. you know, there's <laughs> other, there's other things that are more fun to go catch by that time. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, what I was going to ask you previously on, on, you know, you know, your Virginia fishing, did you get out and fish like Chesapeake or any of the salt water there? I fished Chesapeake Bay one time with a friend in my whole life back there. Never, ever went out deep sea fishing back there. Um, the day we fished the Chesapeake, we went, well, I take that back. I was out in the bay twice with two different friends, but didn't catch anything the second time. Uh, the first time, me and my buddy rented a boat, little teeny boat, and went further out than we were supposed to. And we caught a ton of croakers. I mean, 50. It was a lot of fish, but they're just little bitty guys. But we had a blast that day. Um, yeah, like I said, caught a lot of fish. But we, okay, so back east, an hour and a half is a long ways to drive for anything not mm -hmm. let alone to go fishing um out here we drive an hour and a half and don't think twice about it it's a whole different culture but uh and maybe it is different back there now i don't know but when i was growing up an hour and a half was a long ways to drive for anything <clears throat> yeah i think it, i think it still is <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah. you're but you're down south too, so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's an hour and a half to go trout fishing. That, that ain't bad. No, it, it, no, it's not. I mean, gas is kind of coming down a little bit too, finally. Yeah, I mean, when I think about it, it's an hour and a half for me to get over on the Deschutes from where I'm at. I, I, I would think that it's probably about two and a half hours for Earl from where he's at to get over into that area if he, if he wanted to fish that. But what is it, about an hour and a half to the, the beach for you? Yeah, I can be in the water. Uh, I can be in the ocean in two hours. <clears throat> and what's your drive time to Galveston, John, like on the Gulf Coast? Well, oh, you would go to shit. Louisiana, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd go to Louisiana. I think Galveston is like two hours, two and a half two. hours. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know how close you'd be to the fishing for those reds. Dude, yeah. I mean, I've I've considered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun stuff. So you didn't get a lot of offshore time back east there, but uh, you know, you can't you, you moved out here and that's like that's like your fishing. Like you you fish for bass, but that's like what you're known for is the reef robber. Yeah, right. <clears throat> So that's another thing. When we would come out and visit, a lot of times we would go deep sea fishing on a charter. And that was, you know, that was uh, part of going to the coast, whatever. <clears throat> so then I would always get sick, not throw up sick, but I would get sick. The longer we're out, the sicker I get. Never, never threw up on a charter boat. But I never felt very good. And then 
um, after one of the harvests uh, that I worked, the the boss would take everybody out after the harvest and do something fun for a day. <clears throat> and we went out salmon fishing, coho fishing one time on 22 foot boats, whatever. I threw up seven times that day. Oh. And I decided I never was ever going to go in the ocean again. No need for it. I like crabbing, stay in the bay. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, I didn't go in the ocean and never went on another charter, never did any of that stuff. And then <clears throat> a few years ago, uh, when I bought my first boat, it was a really calm day when we were out there the first time. And I went out in the ocean. And I felt fine because I was running the boat. Uh, yeah, I knew it was in my head, but it's still there. I mean... <laughs> Yeah. it doesn't matter if it's in your head or not it's still there so um i kept trying you know i'd go out go out further and further and then um uh, i would feel sick sometimes but not near like it was before and then um uh, i got this bigger boat and i've I've actually gotten sick on this boat more than my other boat. And I think it's because of the cabin, partly, and partly because of the two-stroke motor, the smoke. So um, most of the time when I get sick, I just go back in. Um, but this year, the one day we were out there, it was beautiful sunny day and tall waves but they were 17 seconds apart and we fished. I didn't think it was that bad. One of the guys that went with me, he's like, after we got back in, he was next day or two, he was telling people, yeah, he said, it was horrible rough out there. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, it was big. I was like, yeah, it was big, but it wasn't rough. He's like, it was too. He said, if we would have been out there and it would have been foggy, he said, we'd have never stayed out that long. And I thought about that. I'm like, eh, you might be right. Because there was some, <laughs> there was some waves that we couldn't see over the top of. And, and I mean, but, but you didn't think about it much because yeah. they were so far apart. Well, you, 17 second swell cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's way up and then way back down. But that day I threw up. And that's, that's the only that long time. pitch. That's yeah. a long pitch. Yeah. That's the only time I've ever thrown up in my own boat. Now I've been sick on my boat, but I've never thrown up except for that. Time. But we were all sick. There was five of us on board. We were all sick. Three of us threw up and the other two didn't, but they were feeling pretty bad by the time we went in. You know, it's kind of, it, it's odd because uh, I went out with my friend and I got, that's the first time I ever got seasick, but it was, he, he's got the curtains on the side of the boat yeah. and he's got two outboards. They're both four stroke outboards. But what got me sick was I caught my first fish and I went and I sat back down after we, we dropped our, our gear back in. And I looked down at my hatchery harvest card to, to mark. Oh, my yeah. Fish. yeah. And I looked down, it was over. So for like three and a half hours, I, every once in a while, I'll just get up like, oh, you know, and, yeah. and but I wasn't like dying. I You're was right. like, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. And then like three and a half, four hours go by. I was totally fine. I got my sea legs. But the one thing I did was I took Dramamine before we went out. Yeah. And I'd never done that before. The second time I went out, we're in an open sled and I didn't have any problems at all. It's like, man, yeah. this is great. But, yeah. but those uh, swells were four to six feet at 10 seconds yeah uh, and wind wave uh we didn't even really have a wind wave on right. either occasion but the one thing that does get weird is when you do go out into the fog and you lose like all that peripheral oh, that yeah. that yeah. does mess with you oh it does it definitely does um my wife doesn't even like to go out drink i mean in the fog at all because she gets sick about half of the time and if it's foggy she will get sick yeah, there's just no level. You and, have no perception. And the other time she'll get sick is when it's just the the gray slick 
wave with no wind chop on it. That'll get her sick quick. Really? Because I mean, that's that's the hot salmon trolling. <laughs> You're looking yeah. for those slicks. No, I mean, I'm talking when the whole ocean's that way. Oh, no wind, okay. Just the little, just the gray, gray on gray, um, slick water. But, okay. Yeah. Man, have you ever been out in the ocean, John? Dude, one, I was, you know, I was literally just thinking about that. Um, I don't, I don't have a damn clue what you guys are talking about. <laughs> um, because last time I went out, I was like 12 or 13 and we were, we were offshore fishing in for snapper in Florida. It was snapper season. I, I say it was snapper season. I don't know that for a fact, <laughs> but I'm just going to say that it was. Because... You're out of the statue of limitations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, you were sure fishing for him so it sure was snapper season <laughs> yeah it, it definitely was but that's the last time i've been out on the ocean well no i went in korea i went deep sea fished in korea that was kind of cool okay um, but that's it dude that's the last time i've been in the ocean i don't like sand i don't know why but <laughs> don't like sand just yeah. not, not your thing. I don't like sand either. No, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun. I want to. I mean, I want to go like fish for redfish and all kinds of junk. I just ain't ain't got around to it. So, like, when you guys are talking about um, like the fog and stuff. I have no idea what you're talking about other than like being out on the river when it's super foggy. It probably, your ocean there probably doesn't get foggy like it does out here. A lot of the summer, <clears throat> a lot of the summer out here, the ocean is foggy. Um, this time of year, maybe not quite so much, but when it's hot, when it's hot here in the valley, we're we're one mountain range away from the uh, ocean, and when it's hot here, it's foggy on the ocean most of the time because the That's ocean it. water is cool and the air is warm, so therefore it will make fog. It but, does the thing. <laughs> yeah, it does the thing. Yeah. It, so, so I'll go. Go ahead, Brian. No, go ahead, John. I was just going to say, Dee, so what's your, what, what's kind of been like one of your most memorable catches or bet, you know, actually let's, let's take a step back. How did you come up with the name Reef Robber? Um, good question. I don't know. I sat down one morning and decided I was going to name my channel something other than my name. And, uh, wrote down about I think it was four or five different names off the top of my head and that was the first one and I sent it to I sent the list to about six or eight close friends and asked them which one I should use and I probably at that point I already knew which one I was going to use but I just I like that one from the start, um, but yeah, I think most everybody else out of the four that I picked, I think they would have said that one too. Most of them would have. You know, it's you're good, Brian. It, it, the name is catchy. It's easy to remember. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the one thing. Well, I wanted something about the ocean, and you're fishing on the reef, so no, it's not coral reef. It's just rocks, but still it's a reef, and there's only so much you can do with that. <laughs> yeah. Now, John from Smallwater Charters, uh, he came up with another name just flicking me garbage for you know the reef robber instead of saying the reef robber he called me the reef thief that that actually would be a cool name too yeah yeah that that one would click along too 
I thought I thought when you were mentioning him that it was going to be something Amish related, you know. Oh, well. it, yeah. <laughs> it usually is with him, but I, I I don't think I ever got the full story uh, uh and John's never joined one of your live streams, but yeah. uh you know, uh, there's always somebody that cracks something off about Amish. It's like Earl is not Amish, he drives a truck. Come on. <laughs> so the so what the full story on that. I commented on one of his videos way back and my picture on my youtube channel was me in a black hat <laughs> in in a store i was in yeah. a store at that time but and he he thought i he legit thought i was Amish, <laughs> and <laughs> that's where all that comes from and then he calls me that on my live and then everybody else joins in and it's fine. I don't care. It doesn't, I bother, doesn't bother me one bit. So. I just, I, I, I just always wanted to find out like, okay, what, what was the history behind that? It, you know, cause it's like, all right, there's no way possible Earl is Amish. Number one, he's got a YouTube channel. Number two, he's got like all these GoPros. Number three, he, he drives a truck for a metal forming company. Now that, that does get tricky not to go off the fishing subject, because if you go up to medallion, industries yeah, up yeah. here we've talked about them uh there, there's a, a older gentleman just the nicest guy in the world his name's dick i don't know if you've ever talked to him yeah but, dick um, Sullivan. i know yeah guy. Yep. yeah so you go in there and and here's dick and he's not wearing the black hat he's got the same beard <laughs> yeah and he's wearing the suspenders and i like walk in there he's like well hi there how are you doing it's just the nicest guy in the world but i'm like are these guys Mennonite or Amish or what what's going on here that's like the first thing that popped into my mind I, I didn't know if they were or not but I was like these guys are awesome I mean they, they were really cool but anyways I was like what's up with the metal roofing and siding guys in this Amish connection it's like <laughs> these guys are using slip rolls and roll formers and trucks and all this stuff I was like this can't equate you know so they are they are Mennonite okay I, I wasn't and, far off then and okay. I'm, I am too okay and the roll forming business and metal building, whatever that is, there is a lot of Mennonites into that, that okay. business. I mean, that's a, I don't know, building, farming. Okay. Uh, farm buildings all use a lot of metal. So yeah, they're, they're into that part of the uh, industry. So. Doing, yeah, doing all that, you know, the metal forming and, and uh, ag structures and all that kind of stuff. Well, anyways, we'll go, we'll go back to the fishing now because <laughs> it was just like, all right, I, there's got to be a connection here of some type. I, 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 like I said, I was shooting in the dark and it, like I said, it's not the like stereotype. I was just like, man, I, 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 I just, the, the connection there, you know, cause I, yeah. I've been back yeah. to Wisconsin and Ohio and all that stuff and, yeah. you know, those areas and, and, uh, you know, seeing the communities and there's, there's definitely a distinctive difference. You know, yeah. uh, everybody says there's a crossover. It's like, no, there's a distinctive difference between the, the two, uh, religions there, you know, the, the, the cultures and beliefs. Yeah. So, yeah. but, um, anyways, back to the fishing part, which is, like I said, that's, that, that's super cool. Um, so reef robber, you're out there, um, for, for people that don't know about your channel, what you know what got you to start the youtube channel basically i had been actually thinking about uploading some videos not doing anything as far as pushing for followers none of that just uploading some just kind of as a hobby and and then my cousin started a youtube channel um podunk productions he does um duck and goose hunting a lot of waterfowl he's from here in this area and he posted a video and said that there probably won't be another video for a while because the waterfowl season was over and it was a little while until turkey season and whatever so i called him up i said hey you want to do a, a crabbing video he goes let's do it so 
that was on the old boat. He went out with me one morning and we went crabbing and he got a ton of views on that video. And he made it, I, I, was, I was quite shocked. That's the first time I had ever been somewhere where somebody was videoing and then made a video from that day. And I thought he did an excellent job of the over. He had tons of footage. We had GoPros down in pots. We had, I mean, he had six hours of GoPro footage from in the pots. Now, who's going to sit there and look at all that, go through all that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's some cool stuff, but you, you only watch so much of that video. Mm -hmm. um, he made about a 50. 14 15 minute video i don't remember how much it was but uh i was like well i could do that i mean probably don't have the editing ability that he does but i could probably do that so i started doing it and i i edited up until about a year ago i edited everything on my phone and that's a pain that is a real pain but I got it done and I, for doing it on my phone, I, not to brag or anything, but I think I did pretty good for, for doing it on the phone. You can only see so much on the phone, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but then I, uh, I got a computer and I started on a different, uh, editor and I wish I could have the same editors I was using on my phone, but it's a, it's a iPhone and I got a, uh, windows computer. So I can't, I don't know. I can't find the right one for that. So I'm using DaVinci Resolve right now and it's, it does great. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I still need, I still need to learn a lot on the editing end of things, but uh, I don't, I probably don't spend near enough time editing, but when you're putting out uh, at least one video a week and you're working 50 hours every week, that's kind of tough. So, yeah. <laughs> and you're um, trying to keep up with everyone else. And, yeah. Yeah. Can't yeah. do it. So. you know uh for john and i what what we found is that we do a lot of shorts just to yeah. kind of keep the channel yeah. interest up and it's just it, it's so quick and easy and yeah, yeah. you know it, it keeps everybody like hey i caught a fish you know <laughs> yeah five, five seconds <laughs> of fun you know <laughs> yeah um, but but no i and and what what i like about your channel is is that there it's with, with your editing and everything else what it what it brings to everybody is, is it, it's like the average everyday fisherman or fisherwoman it, that, that and, and some people might say, well, you know, not everybody can go out in the ocean in a boat, but it's not like, you know, people can't work towards getting themselves a boat to be able to go out in the ocean or even go out and jetty fish the stuff that you're doing there somebody on a jetty could do it just as well. Wait for high slack, go pitch out off the jetty or the crabbing, you know, what you're doing with the crabbing yeah. right off yeah. the pier and stuff like that. It's, it's very accessible for everybody. And, and that's the cool part of your videos. Nothing's overcomplicated. It doesn't have like all this like flash and crazy and you know, everything else you use some transitional editing effects and things like that, but that's, that's totally cool. You know, yeah. But, but like I said, I really think that like the way that you put your videos together is really, a, uh, I, I enjoy it be because of the way that it just flows and, and, and the content that you put out, it's like, you know, here we are, we're in the bay, we're going to crab. All right. We're going to have a competition, see who can blow their shoulder out first, pulling up the spot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so on that simple fishing thing i have i have a commentary here on one of my videos this just happened last night and i laughed so hard when i got these um when i got these comments on this video it's a video of josh the guy at work pulling in a pound and a half bass with my little ultra light rod with six pound test 
and some baits that he had won from Steve from Wyoming um, on his 500 giveaway. But he goes, what sick somebody puts a swivel in front of a Senko? I said, hey, it caught a fish. He goes, very true. Can't deny that. <laughs> I, said, I said, I think the swivel was on it before he put that Senko on. He goes, is that the guy that lost that lane? If so, he gets a mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so back to this whole simple bass fishing thing. When I was bass fishing, I never had a clue what the right way to fish a lure was. All right. I'm fishing farm ponds by myself. I go into walmart or wherever and see a lure that i think looks good bass are gonna like it and i buy it and i go fish the thing and i catch fish with it i have no idea if i'm fishing it right but the fish like it and just like i would have never known you don't put a swivel in front of a sink i don't i just fish all right <laughs> if i'm not professional that's fine but i catch fish <laughs> you know uh john's got a technique similar to that uh with fly uh, and maybe oh, dude, he'll yeah. Elaborate. yeah yeah well dude i use uh i use snap swivels the same same thing you're talking about for my flies and it all it all kind of came about because I, I was i tied some flies that were not uh <laughs> not fantastic they didn't move how they were supposed to move but that's you know that's part of it when you're making stuff yeah and uh anyway i ended up putting a swivel on my line because the the flies were spinning and it's spinning up my leader and oh, yes. eventually eventually that'll you know, I, I mean you, you know man eventually that'll break you off yeah so i was like well brian's like well if it works like a a spoon then it's probably got a really good it probably needs to spin and i was like yeah you know we were kind of talking about it and we were like swivels it needs a swivel. So I put a swivel on the end of my streamer leader, dude, and it, it works. <laughs> it works. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter if – this is going to sound terrible, what I'm about to say. It doesn't matter if the fly swims right because the swivel makes up for it. So, uh, But, hey, it worked. It yeah. was pretty sick. <laughs> I does it did, uh, do you use a gold or a black swivel john i i never asked you that dude so i use i actually use black nickel okay. i use black nickel swivels on my streamer leaders that's for my six weight that's for my trout streamers like predator streamers uh do not get swivels they get my uh fast hatches which i have some sitting over here somewhere but they're just they're just snaps they're 75 pound snaps oh okay yeah, uh, so that goes to show guys can use swivel on a fly rod. They can use a swivel on a conventional uh, and clip that bait on. It's kind of funny, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to different people, especially throwing spinners themselves or spoons, right? Um, I'm a spoon freak. I, I, I absolutely, every time I go to the river, even if it's not going to catch something, I throw spoons like John throws uh, streamers, you know? I, it's just something I do. I'm always expecting some massive beast of a fish to just come up and hammer. And I've had that happen, right? I've, I, when nothing else works, I put on a spoon like, well, there's nothing in here. Wop, 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 bang, get blown up. Um, you know, uh, I use swivels with spoons. Some guys are like, no, you can't do that. But I really don't like getting a twist in my line. Has it yeah. changed my hookup ratio? I don't know. I don't have enough data to say, yeah, well, without a swivel, it doesn't. And with a swivel, it does. So doesn't matter. Uh, but it just goes to show you that when the fish are hungry, they don't care. Yeah. I did think. you did you see that short where I did where I caught that uh 3.4 pound bass? It was yeah. dark. It was dark. Yeah. I I did not think I had that thing. I I that's the second bass I've ever caught on a frog. I have never had good luck with frogs. They don't necessarily work around here all the time. Hey, do you wanna you want some tips for your frogs? Yeah, give me some. All right, boil them. Yeah, I've heard that. 
All right, so it softens up the plastic. Yeah. All right. Bend your hooks up slightly. I've heard that too. And fish braid. I do fish braid. Well, oh, sounds like sounds like you're you're there. But I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't boiled them and I haven't bent the hooks up, but I never get hit on. Them. But so that evening. I had fished Whopper Plopper most of the evening, and I hadn't even got hit except for once, and it was about an eight-inch fish, and it got off before it got to the kayak. But they started uh, slurping up in the, in the moss, so I said, well, last, last ditch effort, I'll throw the frog on. So I threw it on there, and I was casting up into it, and nothing would even try. And I'm thinking, well, it might be the carp that are slurping up in there. So I cast it along the moss line and landed it about a foot away from the moss. I gave it about two jerks, and that thing came up and ate it. And I thought it missed it. And I'm sitting there like, oh, man, I just lost a fish. And then I start reeling, and there's absolutely no weight. And I'm like, not even for the lure. So I'm, I'm real. And I'm like, well, maybe it's still on there. And I gave it a jerk. And sure enough, it was still on there. That thing had, that thing had that frog next to swallowed. <laughs> I mean, it was, <laughs> it was in there, but yeah. yeah, that was that, that fish should have been a six pounder for the length it had that thing. Was, it was skinny and just long. 21 and three quarter inches long man i have That's never a big bass that, that should have been a six six and a half pound fish dude yeah i know that's but. the weird part about our bass around here though this is like they're they're skinny they it's almost like they're emaciated i i know there's some fat ones out there but uh, a lot of them just seem to be emaciated this year the smallies uh, they they live up to their name they're small yeah, uh, they, they, there has not been there was so I uh, one of the guys works down at a local tackle shop. He sends me a picture. He's like, I, I think this lady let the state record smallmouth go. I was like, <laughs> oh, you're kidding. And uh, either this lady was smaller. This was a really big bass because I this thing had it looked like a Lake Erie smallmouth, you know, yeah. like a Great Lake smallmouth. She's holding it up and it's going from her head down to her waist. And oh. it had it, it, it just like a little suction cup for a mouth and just that massive football body. Yeah. She caught it. She caught it down below the falls. And I, I was like, did she weigh it? Did she keep it? And he's like, no, she threw it back. So it's somewhere else out here. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we went, we went back out there and we're like throwing, you know, we're throwing drop shots at like hundred thousand dollar boats at the Marina. I bet, I bet it's under there. Whack, you know, just <laughs> pop cracking off, you know, that they got the barges up here working on the bridge. We're pinging off the side of the barge and, we're looking for every bit of structure. We're like, we're hunting. We, we <laughs> gritted that area. It was just like artillery fire everywhere. We're throwing everything and we're catching all kinds of bass. It's like, no, this one sucks. Throw it, you know, catch the next one, throw that, you know, it, it would have probably made a good YouTube video. Just us getting mad at catching fish, you know, cause it wasn't the right one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but our bass are, our bass are so weird around here until you go out in the salt and you go after like the, the, the black bass or, you know, sea bass or the, yeah. you know, those fish too. And, that's something that you do a lot of. You do a lot of bottom fishing out there. Yeah, yeah. That And the reason I do that is because it's very, very easy fishing. And you don't need expensive gear. So, I mean, that's, I like to go catch fish. And one guy told me, oh, you need to go up to Bowie Tan and get a springer. That is the best fish you will ever eat. I was like. You don't understand me. Number one, I want fish in the boat. I don't want to sit there for eight hours and only catch one fish that I might be able to keep. I got to be putting fish in the boat. And number two, I don't care how good it is. It's not good enough to spend that much time for one fish. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's the springer, man. I, uh, I, I fish them. But you're absolutely right about that. You could be out there for eight hours beating the bottom with a cannonball triangle and a cut plug herring and not see anything. 
And then yeah. you have other days where as soon as you drop your gear, it gets blown up. It's yeah. uh, salmon are a bizarre creature. That's for sure. Yeah. We've caught two keeper salmon on my boat this year. That's have it. You, you haven't got, been out for the non-select? Yeah. We've had three in the boat total. One was a wild. That was before the non-selected. But I, I do the closer fish. I don't go. I mean, I've never been out to the rock pile. Okay. Um, I do up by the lighthouse you know 240 feet or whatever you're eight miles out whatever i could go to the rock pile to me it's not worth going out there for four fish but um we trolled quite a while that last video that came out that day we trolled for i want to say three or four hours and we had four takedowns but they always got off and yeah, I mean, even that's not very good compared to last year. We'd have been limited four hours last year. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Well, you know, I'm looking at our time here, Earl, and we're starting to come up on, on the hour. It's yeah. already flown by that fast. It goes by really quick, especially yeah. when you get to talking. And we're, we're watching John tie all these awesome clousers and, uh, uh, and do all this other stuff in the middle of this. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, I just thoroughly enjoy your channel. When whenever I get a watch, I, I still we we still need to connect and go fish. I, I say that, but we just need to make it happen. And uh, definitely something that I, I I'm looking forward to the day that we can make that happen. Or at least, or at least go crabbing or something. We can yeah. do that this winter sometime when oh, we yeah. can't get out in the ocean. Um, but another thing I'd love to do is come up there and shad fish yeah um yeah. love to do that we could take my boat and go sit out there and shad fish you could show me where the best spot is and all that and oh yeah load load up the bait <laughs> yeah i i would love to have a bunch of that for bait i'm i think i'm out of it which i didn't have that much to begin with but had some pretty good luck on some of that stuff but good yeah that's that's one of my bucket list fish is believe it or not is american chad but i want to go catch it out west with you guys yeah you guys should both come and we could just go out bottom fishing and crabbing and all kinds of good stuff that'd be sick dude yeah i think john john wants to get a shad on the fly rod he tied me flies and the way that the whole shad season went with the the big blowout rain and everything yeah. never really got a chance to go out and target them on the fly rod but i got a pretty good idea where we could get to them now with the fly rod and um it's going to take some pretty impressive sink tip but i i know that we could get on them with the fly rod with the darts it's you know not a matter of uh the fish being there it's just getting down to where they're at yeah and wanting to play but um yeah uh john you got anything else for earl tonight no dude earl just dude thanks for coming and hanging out i know i mean literally pretty much as soon as you got off work you came in and you started hanging out with us and chit-chatting and I, I just appreciate you taking the time out man and it does mean a lot to us well i appreciate you having me i know it's been scheduled for a long time and i knew it was coming up but i when when uh brian said something monday night about talk to you on wednesday i was like uh yeah i think that is when it's supposed to be <laughs> I, I knew it was this month sometime but yeah 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 it's good you said something because i would have never i'd have never known it so oh, i would i would have probably ended up messaging you before you messaged me uh and just said hey you still good for tonight you know yeah. we always do that with all of our guests is like hey yeah. you good for tonight um earl where can people uh look you up at um on YouTube, just type in the Reef Robber, and it should pop up. Um, and also on Instagram, same thing. Um, I'm the Reef Robber on both. So, yep. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to put that in the show notes, and that way everybody can get over to you on either Instagram, uh, YouTube. Are you on Facebook? 
No, I have okay. never had Facebook. Um, I do a lot more on YouTube than I do on Instagram. Um, okay. I do post a few reels here and there just to try to get people onto YouTube, but so far I don't think it's done very much good. But, well, it, it, it's a tough platform to transition back and forth yeah, from, but, but you, you definitely have a, a, a great community over on YouTube. That's for sure. And what I'm hoping for is those YouTube subscribers that are listening to this right now, uh, you guys are, are making sure to get this out to all your friends, you know, especially everybody that knows Earl. Um, I, I, I did, um, I did get Steve on the schedule for next year. So Steve, oh, Steve will be on the schedule. Obviously we had Ted on, um, yep. and, and I know that we got a few, uh, we have, uh, Chris, uh, catfish, Chris, uh, he's coming on too. And, uh, so we got, we got a lot of good folks coming on from the YouTube community as well. Uh, we had Willie gray, uh, last year. Um, so just, a just a lot of good stuff, but, um, you know, Earl, thank you so much for taking your time with us tonight and, and uh, rushing home from work and getting Zoom <laughs> on your computer and working through the technical bugs. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So, well, folks, uh, that's all we got for tonight. And, uh, you know, there again, we can't thank everybody enough for all their continued listener support and everything that they're doing. Uh, we, we especially appreciate all of our sponsors and if you're looking to get a hold of all of us over here, you can get a hold of us on YouTube. You can get a hold of us on Instagram. You can get a hold of us on Facebook. We are also on the Go Wild app. Uh, you can get a hold of us there, or you can shoot us an email at workingclassfish at gmail.com. John, you want to roll those sponsors one more time? Yeah, buddy. This episode of Working Class Fishing was brought to you by Max and Outfitters, Troutlander Nets, Lid Rig. Angry Rooster Fly Company and Morris Fly Co. Just everyone, thanks for listening. It's it's been pretty awesome. We've been getting some pretty great messages, and uh, that means a lot to us. So awesome. So everybody, until next time, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow and hit that five star for us. We could really use the help on that. So thank you so much, everybody. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>